Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining. As always, really appreciate it. Hope you're doing well today. Today... I have a pretty cool interview. I'm interviewing Stephanie Wohar. Now, let me tell you, I set up this interview for a series I am doing on, you know, you you already saw the interview, listened to the interview with mermaids and mermaid parties and buying mermaid uh, outfits and expense behind that and all that. You've already listened to that. Well, I'm setting up another interview in the same vein with people who dress up as, as party princesses. Not going to go into any detail with that. Uh, Stephanie's actually going to talk a little bit about that. But just like a lot of these other things, mermaid, cosplay, those type of areas, I have two people doing that in one episode. She was supposed to, Stephanie was supposed to be that, uh, that second person for a, you know, a dual interview episode. But then I started speaking with her and I realized, you know, she's got a lot more to her that, uh, she's going to be her own, her own episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, princess stuff and, and you'll get another episode all about that in, in much more detail. But Stephanie, outside of that work, she's just an entertainer, really. She's dabbled in, um, you know, musicals on uh, Broadway, those type of things. She has done voiceover work. She's just done some really cool things. And one of the coolest things that really grabbed my attention and thought, hey, we may have a, an entire interview here, not just a, a shorter one, is that she was a backup singer for Wayne Newton, which just is an interesting, interesting thing to have on your resume. We're going to talk about how she became a backup singer for for Mr. Las Vegas himself and what that experience is like and what she's doing now in in uh, in the industry. She's still you know up and coming. She's still got a lot of great things ahead of her. Uh, just the life of a of up and coming entertainer. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one between you know the the princess talk, the uh, voiceover talk, just uh, you know the the hustling of being an entertainer, and then just what it was like being a backup singer for Wayne Newton. Just so much cool things uh, to talk about today. Here is my interview with Stephanie Wohar. I'm here today with Stephanie Wohar. Stephanie, how are you? Hi, Jackson. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. yeah, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we there's a lot of different things to cover. I'll tell you, when I first, you know, reached out to you, I wanted to talk about the you know, the, the princess work that you do, that's kind of the, I guess, one of the things I'm, I'm looking at now in kind of different professions, but, and I want to talk about that, but there's a lot of other things you got going on. So I want to talk about those too, but before we get into any of it, if you would just kind of introduce yourself a little bit, maybe about yourself outside of, uh, maybe outside of the professional world, but a little bit about Stephanie. Okay, yeah. So I'm Stephanie. Um, I'm an actor. Um, yes, we can totally talk about the princess world. Um, so I think a lot of actors, unless you're super uber famous, you have that day job survival job. So mm -hmm. I'm an actor and I my degree is in musical theater. So I've done theater, films, commercials, voiceover. Um, so I'm a lot of, a lot of auditioning and a lot of that, but for like the last, I don't know, six years, I do a ton of professional princessing. So party mm -hmm. princessing for birthdays and parties and special events, meet and greets. And I've even toured around the country for some like fairy tale shows too. Oh, wow. So what is, I mean, is that kind of your you're, I guess you use the term, is that your survival job? Is that what you do kind of to, to bring in some, some extra money or is that kind of a side hustle as well? Cause I've talked to people who are, you know, full-time in that talk to people, it's just their hobby. So where do you lie when it comes to that? Yes. So I feel really lucky that my actor day job uh, of being a princess um, is related to acting. 
because it keeps, you know, if I don't have something booked for a while, it keeps my singing up to date. It keeps the improv going. It keeps you in that show mode. Mm -hmm. Um, However, uh, there have been times where I've had to take a break. So if I book a musical or something, like I did a show for a full year. So it was really hard to do eight shows a week and sing and dance and act. And then I can't imagine going and doing more. So there's been episodes of it, but it's really nice because it's been steady that I can do. I mean, I probably do at least, I don't know, three to six events a week. But then Mm. with the pandemic, I even started doing like Zoom calls. Like I have my glitter backdrop and we do shows virtually and sending videos. So I hope that answered your question a little bit for, for sure. So what, you know, again, when you kind of sent me a, a little bit about what all you, you do, so some of it's singing, which I want to get into the um, princess work, the acting, the voiceover, just a lot of different things. So what, what came first? What, what got you in the entertainment industry? Yes. So when I was young, grew up in a small town with like four people and cows and loved to sing love to sing my, as I would say, I guess my breakout role was Tiny Tim in A Christmas Carol. Mm. And that was so much fun. And so then I, yeah, I started with singing. Um, And then when I was applying for college, I was trying to decide if I went to voice performance, which is like opera, or if I went musical theater and I loved to act. So musical theater also, I should have explained, is like a triple major of singing, dancing, and acting. Mm. So it gives you lots of avenues for work. So um, I had two issues. The first issue was I obviously I love to act and dance. However, for voice performance, there's a lot of Italian for opera singers and I cannot roll my R's. So (laughs) I had a voice teacher trying to do so many exercises with me. I don't know what that's called when you can't. I tried so hard. I can't roll my R's still to this day. So, but I love Broadway. I love musical theater. I love Broadway. Listen to Wicked a gazillion times. So I'm happy where I ended up. <laughs> so you're, are you saying that you didn't get into the, the opera world just because you can't roll your R's? It's all based off of that? Well, we'll just say that that option went away. I didn't have that. Um, but I love to act in plays and okay. I love Broadway. I also, I just really loved like jazz music, which I mean, I've used in like the blues. So I wasn't sure for a while if I should just completely try to pursue just a voice degree and take acting classes on the side. You know, it's unconventional. So you're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you grew up in a, a small town. Um, where, where are you at now? Did you eventually make some move to, uh, I guess, continue on with a, a career in, in this? Cause I'm sure there's not a ton of entertainment opportunities wherever you came from. Right. I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and going into Pittsburgh would be a huge deal. And <laughs> so what happened was I was pursuing musical theater school, which is really competitive. So I went to, they have these big auditions in New York city where you go like room to room to room, you sing your songs, you do your monologues. And right now I feel like I'm all over the place because I was just in New York city for a while. And then I'm flying out to LA next week um, for work. But right now I'm in Chicago because Mm. actually I'm, my husband works on uh, Chicago med. So we're here right Mm. now. So a lot of things changed with the pandemic because I booked a film that was supposed to go like right when everything started and then we got postponed. So right now there's a little bit of everywhere. So yeah, I don't really know where home base is at the moment. I got you. So you, you kind of married into an entertainment world too. Are, are, are they an actor too, or do they work behind the scenes or what? Right. I guess this is starting off like really unprofessional. Um, so one of my first films was a short film. Yes. And um, my husband, he is a jolly grip. So he pushes like the camera, but he also is like a cameraman, has lots of lights, has lots of film equipment. So he'll work with me, but I met him on the set of a movie. So I don't know. I was like, oh, that lighting guy is really handsome. So it works well together. We can work it all together. You said that starting out unprofessional, is that not, is that a taboo or you're not supposed to, to date the the lighting and and cameramen or what? I don't know. I just like, (laughs) there's like, don't 
state where you work? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I guess so. I don't want to get a bad reputation. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, hopefully, hopefully you're not going to do a 10, 10 more dating. So I don't think you have to worry about the reputation there. So. Exactly. I think it's solid now. Yes, yes, yes. Good. And what did you say the job was? A dolly grip? That's an interesting. What, what do you do for work? I'm a dolly grip. Yes. So he actually, it's what you rig the cameras up to. So those cameras are really expensive. So mm -hmm. they're really heavy and huge. And so if you're like pulling into a close up shot, but he also has a lot of film gear as well. So between the two of us. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, well, very cool. So back to, to you and your, I guess the, the princess work, yeah, Tell, you said you, yeah, enough of him. He's not, he's not here. So let's talk to you about this princess stuff. Um, what you, you said that you do almost, you, I think you said four or five events a week. What does a princess event look like? Yeah. So we do a lot of obviously birthday parties, so a lot of events like that. However, there are a lot of companies and I've worked for probably like 10 that they do huge fairy tale festivals or they do these big like royal balls. So that'll have a section of where you can meet and greet and meet your favorite princess and take a photo. But then there's also like a little show and singing. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, and then I just do a lot of my own gigs. So I have a lot of like wigs and costumes in my own place. And then I work for a lot of amazing people who have their costumes. So, yeah. <laughs> so are you doing, I guess, the... I don't know, the IP princesses, you know, are, are you working for companies that have those, those rights or are you, are you the snow queen and the redheaded princess and that kind of stuff? Yes. Since I work for them, you know, I don't want to get <laughs> in any trouble. I don't want to misquote. I believe some of them do have that affiliation yeah. since we are singing the songs because that's kind uh -huh. of how it started because I needed a job. And so there's a lot of singing. However, I'm sure there is some of that so you have to navigate oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we should we should move on from that because disney they're they're a monster when it comes to that they don't play around so yeah, don't come for me i don't i mean there's a lot of publicity as you can see oh you know, yeah oh yeah on instagram so there's a right. lot of stuff out there so right right yeah i just wonder exactly how it differs because the other area that i've looked at other than the princess work is like the mermaid work, people that are just go to merm like mermaid parties and that. So that's another whole nother world too. But I just wonder exactly kind of those, uh, the similarities there. And I, I assume a lot of them are, are kind of the same. You're, you're going to events, you know, like young, normally young uh, girls and, and trying to like, you know, live out the princess party and that kind of stuff. So uh, the question I would have with it is, how often do you show up at one of these parties and then they just maybe they're a little maybe they're a little bit too old and they're not into it or maybe they're just very skeptical because that was kind of the funny conversation i had with these mermaid work where people are just like mm, i'm not buying this whole mermaid thing you're not really a mermaid and that's kind of that's kind of, kind of the funny parts and what they like the most oh really wow well first let me say those mermaids are amazing with the swimming i don't know i spend <laughs> so much time on my makeup i can't imagine spending two hours on my makeup and then jumping in the water so yeah, that's yeah. amazing i don't know how they do that that's like a whole separate skill i've seen so yeah. many of them they're so beautiful actually i guess i've been pretty lucky most of my events have been really great you do get the occasional of oh are you the real princess and you just say oh pinch me and i say are you a real princess and we just kind of deflect and maybe there is more there are more that are questioning but i think they want to believe and even though we do so many for like kids i really think the adults get really into it yeah. i think sometimes it's just as much for oh, the yeah. adults um i never met a princess when i was younger and i know a lot of kids don't get the chance to go to disney world or go to disneyland so to have like an hour with your favorite character and you can sing the song they want to sing and they can ask you questions i really do think it's really magical and special for sure for sure yeah and those mermaids said the only people that are more excited about seeing a mermaid or seeing a princess is a drunk adult. So normally oh, yeah. that's 
normally that so i don't know whether that's still the the case with you guys but do you normally just do kids parties because i know you know again with the mermaid work it's sometimes adults too so wonder if that ever happens yes i did especially i started doing like personalized videos mm. during the pandemic and i did have to send i sent a few big ones out that i was nervous to to like adults mm -hmm. i know like a lot of wonder woman went out and stuff <laughs> like that uh mostly for the kids and not to backtrack but i was i thought of one story when sure. you're asking about real and it does everyone you evolve in your princessing if i even look back to like four months i'm like now i can do it better you definitely mm -hmm. see things as you grow and i mean the community is pretty big so everyone shares tips but when i was early on i did have one little girl come up to me when i was playing i'll say just in case i think i'm fine but i was playing the snow queen and <laughs> she goes oh are you real because um her eyes are blue and yours are brown and you know me was like panicking and i go oh well it's not snowing right now is it and she goes, no. And they go, when it snows, they turn blue like magic. And she goes, oh. And then I went home and ordered all my colored contacts after that. Oh, that, that's pretty clever. And I feel like the other area that you'd have issues you, that, that kind of touches touches what I was thinking, where, you know, with, with some work, it, you're, you're kind of creating your own character. I mean, a mermaid's a mermaid, but you're not, other than, other than Ariel, you're really not going to be a certain mermaid. So you can kind of be your own person. But I feel like with with your kind of work and trying to emulate some of these other princesses, these Disney princesses or whatever kind of princesses, some of these kids may know more about the princess than you. And if they quiz you and you don't know the right answer, it could mess you up. Does that ever happen? I will say I watch a lot of cartoons. <laughs> I really try to be prepared. I try to do my homework. Kids are smart, though. I'm yeah. not saying that because they definitely do that. I feel like I've been so lucky to have a lot of friends that have worked at Disney World and Disneyland. And so they mm -hmm. come and they train us and there's so much out there on YouTube. And a lot of parents will be like, we met you at blah, blah. Can you tell our child they remember that? So we try to keep mm. it. You definitely bring yourself into it. Yeah. But definitely try to make it as legitimate and magical as possible yeah yeah no that's that's I, I feel like that that's what i would be so worried about because i know me as a you know an eight-year-old kid when i would go to like you know the obviously i didn't have a, a princess party I, I i guess my my parents never met never gave me one of those but when i would go to um like the living history museums you know that they act like they're in the 1800s my goal was to get them to break character all the time i always would like tell them this is not real. You know, it's not real. Why are you playing games? So oh, I was, no. I, I, oh yeah, I was the worst. So I, 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 yeah, I, I just, I can only imagine the, the horror stories if I would have been at one of these princess parties. I honestly like it. It's a challenge as an actor and it's yeah. all, there's always that older brother who has something really funny to say. Yeah. Speaking of mermaid parties, there have been so many times where they're like, I've made some TikToks about this too. Um, Ariel, guess what my favorite cake is? And I'm like, chocolate, no, vanilla. They're like, crab cakes. Or yeah. they'll say their favorite food is sushi. And I'll be like, cover flounder's ears. Yeah. So they're fun. They keep it exciting. <laughs> yeah. So you never had, did you have, were you into any characters? Did you have any fandom growing up? Were you into like Spider-Man or anything? Not, re not really. I was a strange kid. I was more no. into like, I was more into like, uh, I've actually, the older I get, the less I am like an 80 year old man, but I was like, uh, I was into like politics and stuff as a, as a child. So Ooh, I'm not a senator come. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they would have had to know their stuff because I was pretty darn good at the time. So not so much anymore. I, I feel like I've, I've gotten younger as I've gotten older, but that's that's I the same. I can yeah. see that. I saw your stuff. You like to travel, and this is such a fun show. So I can yeah. see that. I think it's yeah. fun to age backwards, right? Yeah. No, I've, I I enjoy it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I and I still work kind of in well, not kind of. I do work in education, so mm -hmm. I, I, still still kind of in that 
that same vein, but maybe not as not as impressive to know what I know now as when I knew it when I was eight years old. People don't <laughs> they don't think it's as cute anymore. They now just think I'm annoying. <laughs> There's still time. I can call Spider-Man and see if he's available. So, you know, you, you talked about uh, uh, this princess stuff. And honestly, I'm going to kind of get away from that because I've lined up several other princesses that that's all we're going to talk about. So it's going to be, you know, the whole thing about their outfits and the cost of them and all that. So I want to get into that with, with some of them, but you've got a lot more stuff going. So I want to talk about that with you. Um, you're, I get you, you, you do acting and you do voiceover work. What, what, what kind of voiceover work are you, are you into? I've done some commercials. I, my biggest ones were for Nike, which hmm. was really fun. I did one recently for, it's called TikTok Milk Clock. I've done ones for brands like Medline, like a lot of their medical. I do think there's this, I think people who aren't in the arts think a lot of the time with actors that we just have this big, display of pick whatever job you would like to do. And I think so much of it is just finding the work that you can mm-hmm. get. So, I mean, when you're huge, I think you really do get to pick which parts you want to do. But I think a lot of it's just trying to be grateful for the jobs you can get and whatever your agent sends you and what happens to fall in your lap. So, I mean, voiceover was amazing. So you have a good voiceover studio, I can see. So you can do that too, um, especially during the pandemic, because how do you work? Now you're just now you're just playing games. Do you hear my voice? I do not have the voice of a voiceover. I've I've got I've got a strange, like weird sounding voice. Oh, that's so mean to yourself. Almost almost everyone I call know just as soon as I call, like even my person that cuts my hair, as soon as I call, they know who it is because they're like, I just have a distinct voice. That's not a bad thing. I think everyone hates the sound of their voice. I think that's like a universal rule but i do think you need a princess to come to your party and teach you about kindness towards yourself (laughs) i i don't have too much problems with the with the self-confidence i think it's just self-deprecating just as a as a as a good quality sometimes i understand i'm an actor so definitely can relate (laughs) there you go there you go so i but i'm kind of surprised with the the voiceover work you've done because I guess I'm I'm tasking you with looking at some of my other podcasts. I actually interviewed a guy who's been in voiceover for I don't know 45 years. He 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 did the uh, he was the voice for the Emmys. He did a lot of really big things, and he was talking about how voiceover work it's gotten a lot harder even for him to work in that field, and it's almost harder than getting in front of the camera at this point. So. I guess, you know, I, I guess I'm surprised that you, you just must be really good at it, that you you found those opportunities. That's really nice. I just think it was also presented to me, mm-hmm. maybe because I was doing so much singing. Mm-hmm. And when you have your talent agent, they'll send you out on whatever they can because they want to make money too. Right. So I was like, oh, I have a microphone because I would sing and record and so they're like send in a sample and like the first one i sent in i just was lucky enough to get don't worry i've not gotten a lot of them after that that's how the acting world works so did he say um why specifically it's harder just oh i i mean i think he just says that it's gotten a lot more competitive he said when he started out you know in the 80s that his his uh, agent had the a his a-list people and there was about 35 of them. He said he talked to his agent, you know, last month. And when he asked what the A-list looked like now, now it's 3000. So there's just, I guess the craft's just getting a lot, uh, people are getting better at it, I guess. So. I think also it's nice that what technology is just evolving. So more people have access to it. Right. So equipment's expensive but also affordable at the same time versus maybe then i don't i don't know but maybe in the 80s like you had to be really specialized not that you mm-hmm. were weren't great but it was hard right now we all can record on our phones on mm-hmm. i think there's so many like self-made actors maybe that's why though more entertainers are having to do like so many different things like right. tomorrow i'm gonna go i have a modeling gig to sit in chairs. So it is a random, you know, those jobs. One time I was a freeze model. You just are doing everything just to, I think, try to make it as a performer. Yeah. So do you think that 
I mean, do you, do you enjoy that? Or do you just say, you know, this is, I'm doing what I got to do. I feel like, you know, when I've talked to people who may be, uh, I guess more years, years of experience, and now they're like folk, very focused on one thing. They've actually mentioned, you know, when I was just hustling back in the day and, and doing all these other things, it was just a lot more freeing than now to be in this pigeonhole that I'm in. So do you feel like you're going to maybe, it's hard to even answer this question, but do you feel like eventually you're going to look back and say, Hey, these were the, these were the days that I just got to be, be what I wanted to be and not necessarily, uh, you know, what everyone's making me do at this point. Oh, so you're saying getting just stuck. So actually having right. a level of success since I'm right. still kind of early on in my career, I think I kind of, maybe coming from that small town, I just wanted to work in the arts. You know, my brother's a computer engineer. My sister has her doctorate. And I was like, mm. I want to sing and dance. Yeah. So I, the goal was never, you know, get famous. It was just work in the field. So I can see that happening. I mean, I can see maybe the burnout because I've been out of school just for a couple of years, but still it's, it's a lot. It's the hustle. I don't know. I still like it right now. So I feel like so far so good. So we'll see yeah. if I burn out. However, I feel like I like doing a lot of different things. I think I would get, um, it's been such a variety and I've done things I didn't think I was going to do because when growing up, I was like, Broadway, 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 Broadway. And I done some theater and I love it. However, there was a lot of pressure on your voice. Speaking of voices again, waking up every morning, wondering where is my voice at today is so stressful. So, and then I realized, oh, I can do this in film. And it's, so I have a little bit more of a loosey goosey schedule right now. Yeah. And that, that's always what surprised me just when talking to, to actors is that it is, I mean, it's a job for sure. And there is, there is burnout there and there's just in, you know, what I was talking about those with I guess more, more years under their belt. When I was talking to the, uh, the mom from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, she was talking about how she was in like, I don't know, four or five sitcoms. And then she has got burnout. She moved to Virginia, moved to a farm, stopped, you know, being in the entertainment world. And then the job for Fresh Prince fell in her lap. And then off, off she went to the races again. So I almost feel like sometimes that, you know, that refresh refreshment and just taking a step back is, is good. Now, obviously we're talking about something totally different. We're at, we're at a different spot probably at the moment, but that was just an, an interesting thing that I heard from her. I still feel though, that there are times I've heard that they say, right when you're about to quit, is when something happens. And I do feel like if I'm ever in a rut of like, I'm not booking jobs, Mm -hmm. usually like right when I'm having the meltdown, somebody Mm -hmm. calls me and I book something, but it is hard. It's hard when you're auditioning because so much of your life is just auditioning and you get really invested. And especially if you get callbacks, which I'm sure, you know, from talking to people, it's the next round, or if you've had multiple Mm -hmm. callbacks and I've had things where I've been down to like me and two other people, Mm -hmm. and then you don't get it. It's really hard because it's so much energy and time. I do think that it's a good lesson in just there are so many other factors out of our control. You have to do a lot of inner work because otherwise you'll just feel like you're being rejected all the time versus there's just so many factors and like what's right for you will come to you. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you talked about that self-confidence earlier. Where, where do you fall in that when you're, you know, doing these auditions, are you the type of person's like, I was the best person in the room. I'm, this is, I, I'm amazing. Or are you like, everyone is better than me. I'm never going to get these jobs. How, where, where are you at with that? I wish I had a sliver of that self-confidence. I don't know. I feel like I try. I feel like I do all the things, what all the positive affirmations and all the stuff. However, I feel like when I book a job, I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't real. Like I snuck in. Like there's no Mm. way I should have a job. (laughs) But to be fair, I feel like that happens a lot though, where I'll get jobs that I feel like that's way too big for me. Like, how did I book that? And then there'll be a smaller job that Mm. I'm like, I got this in the bag and then you don't get it. So the rule is that there are no rules. (laughs) Everything is random kind of. Oh yeah. No, I can, I can understand that just in, 
in my own life. Sometimes you get, you get opportunities that you think, you know, how, how did this happen? And then the other one is that it said such small potatoes. You're like, really? That's weird that I did that didn't work, but yeah, I, I get that for sure. I, I'm, and that's a, just the way of the world, I guess. But right. so let's, let's completely shift from, from some of that and into something I would have never known other than in your email that just piqued my curiosity. And that is that you were a backup singer for Wayne Newton. What? So fun. <laughs> so fun. So right out of school, my agent got me an audition and I was like, this is sketchy. And they, I remember, I think the audition was like looking for hard body types for this Vegas commercial. <laughs> with- <laughs> and they were like, show up in a swimsuit and sing. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to get murdered. What's going on? So (laughs) I go to the first round of the audition and there's lots of models there. And I think it kind of helped because I was more of like the actor singer. So I could sing and find out not going to get murdered. Very professional, very safe. So then I came back on the second time in the swimsuit. So there was a commercial with Wayne Newton. We sang on like a boat's on the Chicago river in the morning. And we were singing Christmas carols with Vegas lyrics okay. to promote <laughs> Vegas season. Okay. And there was like one solo in the bit with him and I was not given the solo. However, when we were rehearsing the person who had it, like missed the solo. So I kind of just jumped in and then I felt kind of bad because then that person lost the solo because Wayne Newton was like, Oh no, she should sing it. So then I got the solo with him and we did the thing. And I remember talking to him and to be honest, I didn't know who he was at the time. I had to Google. (laughs) So maybe that's what helped me because I wasn't intimidated because now recently when I've been on, a film with like the cool, I don't know. Do you get nervous talking to guests sometimes when you have like really cool people? Um, now I'm like nervous. Like I'm like, Oh, please like me. So then after that, I remember his like publicist gave me his card. So we all, there were like 10 singers. And then like two months later, I got a call from him and they're like, Oh, we would like uh, Wayne wants you to come and kind of watch a show at this one like resort and see maybe possibly singing with the show. And then they ended up throwing me into that show. Mm. So then I started, there were like three, three to four um, backup singers in the show. And then I ended up like flying out on weekends and singing and it was awesome. It was great. And like, they were so nice. Cause when I first showed up, I remember the other backup singers because one had like a Grammy. The other one was like a pop star. They had like huge careers. And they're like, whose daughter is this? Like, who's this 21 year old? (laughs) And then when I finally started singing, they were like, oh, okay, she's cool. And they like took me under their wing and were so nice to me. So that was a really fun experience. I don't think he's doing that many shows now. (laughs) I think I heard that he's, he's like staging a comeback, but I don't. Yeah. Well, to come full circle too, I hope this isn't confusing. I was on just to see how life, you never know where things are going to go. So that was like, right. When I was like graduating, I was on an airplane coming back from a show. I remember in Baltimore and I sat next to a film producer on the airplane who then got me an audition. And then I booked like some music videos and then I booked this film and that's where I, like I met my husband. So it is really funny to see how, you know, one thing is the catalyst for the next thing. Oh yeah. It's so random. Yeah. So have you, you you said that you you think that it it was easier because you didn't know who Wayne Newton was. So you weren't, you know, starstruck. Have you had any of those experiences and, and other, other jobs that you have had somebody that maybe you do know and that you've gotten starstruck? Yes. The, one of the last films I did, which I think there's still like where, I don't know where, what like network it's going to be on. It's still kind of like in the process, but we had um, Eddie Jemison who is in all the oceans movies. Yeah. She's also Ogie and like waitress. And we also had um, Takia Crystal from, she was in um, That's So Raven. She was Raven's mom. Mm. And I grew up watching that. So I, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. And they were fantastic. They were so nice. If I ever get to their level of success, I just want to be that 
to younger actors because it's really scary to come in and be like, I'm nobody. That's not nice, but and have them be nice. So, and I also, I did start to get a little starstruck once I understood Wayne Newton was the deal that he was. And I was like, uh oh, like, I better really do a good job. Right. No, I get you. And I, and I have a, a terrible habit of people asking me questions in the middle of, of things and then not answering them. I never re- really ever say anything at all. So to answer your question about getting starstruck, yes. I don't I don't know that I do. I feel like maybe that's why it's been, I guess, this as successful as it's been, because I don't normally get that starstruck. I think my, but maybe the, the bigger problem is when I know the person really well, like when I interviewed, you know, Lori Beth Denberg, she was in all that. I watched all that as a kid. I loved that show, you know, and, and she was awesome. I feel like I just get like overly excited. And then it's somewhere like, woo, slow down there, big guy. So that's maybe even worse. But but yeah, I don't I, I've never really I don't know. I've never really been that way. I feel like it's everyone. Everyone is is just a person. And at the end of the day, I feel like if they're that dang uh follow themselves they're probably not coming on this podcast so normally everyone i interview is pretty cool that's awesome well i feel like you seem calm cool and collected which is very essential right for a podcast so that's good i need a sliver of that i feel like sometimes like it oh i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah confidence yeah that's that's all right that's all right so you said that you it wasn't just this commercial you actually were in some of his his shows so what, what was the experience of like being in a vegas show i don't know how many you know you were you were doing but the thing that always just flabbergasted me when i see these vegas shows is that you know they're doing like sometimes two a day or they're doing it every day but one day a week and it's just like how in the world do you put that much into it that often it's just nuts so what was that world like so fun fact is I've actually never went to Vegas. So I oh, also okay. flew out to the shows. I flew to like Wisconsin and Baltimore oh. and Michigan. I did all of those regions. However, even when I started, it was kind of crazy because they were more of an established show because mm. his other singers literally did. I guess that, you know, he did 30 years of that. And they did so many shows. I can't even imagine. I don't know how your voice keeps up with that. So it was scary for me because I was initially brought in and I thought that I was going to watch the show. And then at the last second, they're like, we're going to throw you in the show. Hmm. And I had to learn so fast. And it was like, it was already a machine going. And so I had to jump in. So like my first show was like my audition almost. I remember just like cramming the songs in my apartment, just like praying and it went great. Cause then I got asked to do a couple more. Um, we did have stuff that would happen where like flying cause you're traveling. I remember we did one in like Michigan that we got stuck at an airport. We had a connecting flight and it was a Christmas show. And I remember we were supposed to have a rehearsal all day. And then our flight gets delayed. We get like stuck in Detroit or somewhere. And the show's at like seven and we're like getting off the airplane at like six o'clock. And it's like, you're putting your lipstick on in the car and being like, okay, great. We're going to do a show and jump Mm. in. So definitely some crazy experiences. And because they were also like, just so established it was so fun, but I was always like, are they going to throw something to me? Because a lot of it's just like, think on your feet. Like, is he going to throw a line to me or a song to me that I'm not prepared for? Yeah. So the thing I have all that experience performing for kids. So try to think on, <laughs> think on your yeah. toes. I like yeah. having lines. I like doing my homework. I like theater too. I like films where tell me what to do, but I can on the spot come up with stuff. I hope. Yeah. And I feel like that is just more difficult because when it comes to those, you know, old school Vegas performers, a lot of it's a lot more to do with, you know, the, the show rather than, you know, pristine vocals. So that makes it a little harder for you as a backup artist that I feel like sometimes probably carrying the song because they're more busy just kind of playing it up rather than actually singing the song correctly. So I feel like that would make it a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yes, definitely the Vegas style to have like showmanship. It is yeah. so much more 
than the singing. The singing was important and they recorded it and listened to it afterwards. If you had any notes or anything that you needed to work on. Really? Um, I would be like, did you listen to Wayne? Because he couldn't (laughs) sing for shit. I know, but he gets to do whatever. He plays like <laughs> instruments. He would still play the instruments in the show. He's a showman. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He just knows how to like work that crowd. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what was, I mean, this is obviously not the, probably the place that you're going to gonna bash anything. I don't want you to do that. But what was, I mean, what was working with him like? Was he a, a friendly guy? Was it all business? Was it just a well-oiled machine that you were just a, a piece in the, piece in the puzzle or or what was that like? I mean, I was so lucky that I don't know what it was like maybe in the younger days, but maybe just the age gap of like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I feel like I was like the granddaughter of the crew. So everyone was pretty (laughs) nice to me. So I was really lucky and I I haven't gone out recently, but I did for a couple of years and it was really fun. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, everyone was just really great to me. I mean, I still talk to, um, you know, some of the family, like his daughter's lovely. And I still talk to some of the backup singers on Instagram and stuff. So they're lovely. No, that's, that's really cool for sure. For sure. So I guess in kind of wrapping things up a little bit is you, you've, you've done so many different things when it comes to, you know, the entertainment world, how do you, let's kind of just grab two of them, princess work and then acting. I can see how there there's very uh, there's a lot of similarities there. They're they're kind of almost the same, but how do you feel like maybe there's some some differences? And then also just because I like to make these questions 25 minutes long so you lose the how to even answer them is uh, which which one of these of the two things that you do do you think are the most different that you really use as your entire scope? Oh, interesting. Okay. So feel free to pull me back on track if I get lost. I don't even probably don't even remember my own questions. So you can just keep it going. So princessing is awesome, but it's definitely very specific. And I have a lot of friends who are company owners and they're amazing. They have so much work to do. And I've been lucky to work for some of these amazing ones. And I know some of my friends, it's hard to find actors because you have to find obviously a good actor. Most of the time there's singing and then there's a certain look. There's the ability to improv. You have to memorize some lines, but you also have to be able to think on your feet, maybe like a podcast where you have to like change it up at the last second. Um, And then there's also, I think, just a warmth and a kindness that you kind of have to have with kids. And I remember working for some companies and they would bring in an actress who had like a great resume or was on like a big network show but there would just be not the connection with the kids. You would mm. just have to like, I don't know, like children and <laughs> like the magic of it. Yeah. And there's just, I feel like a warmth that you can't really teach people to be kind. I don't know. I feel like you get it or you don't. No, I so get that. I think that's a difficult. So that's very different than, you know, in casting or in acting on film you're kind of going in like whatever that script says, you want to show that casting director that I am this part. You Mm -hmm. need to play into that. I remember I have a friend and he went in for one of the shows and he goes, hi, how are you guys doing? And they're like, no, don't say that you're playing a bad guy. Like they told him not to even be friendly in the room. So I think that's how different it is. Um, There's definitely just such a different skill set from theater to film because especially musical theater everything is to the t i don't know if you've seen any broadway or any musical theater (laughs) but it's so precise and everything is so specific and then you go to a film set you know i'll go i'll do a show and you're doing it for like a thousand people and then you go and you're doing a set and it's so different and intimate and there's like 30 people on set and you're doing it. So there's just such a variety. And I, I feel really grateful that I've got to meet so many different types of people because there are people that are just on camera actors and there are the people that cross over into theater or there are people that do some voiceover or do a little bit of everything. Yeah, no, I feel like it would be honestly way harder. And this is just me speaking, you know, I'm the, this is literally like me talking about how to raise your, your kids when I don't have any kids, but I feel like, 
it would be way, way harder to do this princess work than to be an actress just because just the improv you need and to think on your feet. I mean, it's not just reading a script. So I feel like that's way, way more difficult. Yes. And it's such a big deal. It's there if it's their birthday or something. And I love it. However, there have been times where it's my sixth event and it's like Sunday at five o'clock and I've had to change in my car at times because I've got that. And it's just such a different energy. Plus it's a one woman show a lot of the time, unless you're going with another character, especially with the pandemic, we try to keep everything obviously super safe. Um, so you're performing outside. I have a microphone, keep it at a distance, but you're doing a show to yourself versus before we would give hugs more. There was more interaction. And now you're literally talking to yourself for an hour doing a show. And as much as I love it, right. When you've done your sixth event in a weekend and you've had so much coffee and you're like, I can't, go on anymore but I have to because it's Olivia's fourth birthday I gotta do it and then you go to a set and then you come in and they're like oh would you like a coffee like it's such a different experience and they do your hair and makeup and they you know here's what you're gonna be wearing do you want any more water so it's definitely a different experience keeps me grounded remember who I am I'm sure yeah. <laughs> one, one day they're, they're pampering you. The next day it's you changing in your car and somebody throwing stuff at you or something. Right. I mean, those cosplayers, that's why I listened to that one with yours. I mean, they're amazing. I do some of it. I don't. So I've like fixed things in a GIF, but just the wigs and the costumes, I feel like I do a fraction of it. It's just so much work. And then you actually have to go and do the show. Yeah. So. yeah. so in wrapping the whole princess thing up, you know, and this is, I guess, dangerous given, you know, this whole IP stuff, but what is your favorite princesses to, to, to play? Mm, Well, I definitely, I grew up with the little mermaid Mm -hmm. and, you know, as a kid, I was teased a lot for having red hair. It does get better redheads when you grow up, but (laughs) I don't know, like when I grew up, there was the big movement of, uh, gingers don't have souls. (laughs) That's yeah, stuff yeah. going on. So I was wait, like, hold on, hold on. They, they do <laughs> exactly. See, so I'm, so I'm like my brother. Um, I'm kidding. So that was cool because I was like, you know, well, she has red hair and she's cool. So that was my favorite. Also, like this is a side story, and like feel free to cut out. But um, when I was little, our house burned down, and like one of the only things I had when I was little was like a tape of like the little mermaid. And so I would just like play it and then rewind it and play it again. So that one was very much in my heart. However, when frozen came out, I mean, singing those songs like paid my rent. So I'm very grateful. Like the fan base there is just crazy. Like I said, I know you were asking about kids earlier, but it's kind of easy. Like when I'm myself and around kids, I'm like, Oh, they're not obsessed with me. It's just so much easier when you're their favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I was wrapping up this whole princess thing and then you got to throw in your house burnt down when you were a kid. Way to bring down the mood. (laughs) Sorry. Everything's okay now. Have a great life. I love my life. Wonderful. (laughs) Good. Good. Well, so tell people how they can, uh, they can connect with you. Um, You know, they want to follow along with your, your acting. They want to, want to see you in some of these costumes i know you're you've got an instagram that you're you've got quite a bit bit of that with but just talk about your connection points yeah so on um social media i'm stephanie wilhar w-o-h-a-r and i'm also on the tiktok i think i'm stephanie dash underscore wohar stephanie underscore wohar on tiktok um i also started kind of doing some youtube but yeah definitely on the Instagram. There's a lot of, if you're here for princess content, there'll be a lot of that there. And I'll also share, I have a few films coming out and I'm, I'm scared to say anything just because of like, they make you sign all the really scary, like NDAs. However, I'll share on then like when I know, Oh, this is going to be out here or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's normally the last question, but I do want to know what, uh, I, I guess what you you hope the future holds you you've you've spread yourself so so far into these different things. So is there you know in the future are you hoping to 
hone in on one? Do you want to keep keep kind of diversified, or what do you hope? You know, if if we were talking in ten years, what uh, what you were doing at that point? Well, hopefully, I'll be able to come back to your show after I have my Oscar. <laughs> I'm just well, well, I need you to sign something because once you have an Oscar, yeah, you better come back. <laughs> uh, dream big. I yeah, I just I try to balance. Hmm. What we're very lucky you're doing this too that we can create so much of our own art, right? So if you're ever in a slump, we're so lucky. You have a podcast, you can create videos, you can do so much. And there's so much that I've just done even since graduating that like I've exceeded like, oh, okay, great. I did book this or I was able to do a union show for a year. So I would like to keep doing that. It would be nice to have options to pick. I think the dream though would be to do some huge movie where I could sing in the movie. Mm. I think that would be like the perfect like meeting of all the worlds. So I I wasn't too all over the place, but you know, they have like La La Land or all those where you could actually sing a little bit, but also be on a movie set. So you're thinking like a, uh, a Latin American musical where you got to roll a lot of bars or something like that. Right. Right, Exactly. I'm going to need so much coaching. I don't know. Can you roll your R's? I feel like that's a good closer. Can you do it? I cannot. And I get made fun of that with two because my fiance is actually, she's from the Philippines and it, their language is, is very similar to, to Spanish. So they do a lot of R rolling and I can't do it. So oh my gosh, bring her, that too. bring her in. Bring her in. I want to hear it. <laughs> Ask her if she has any good tips. I can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, after we get done recording, maybe I'll, I'll see what I can do. But yeah, no, I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. I had so much fun. Absolutely. So that was Stephanie Wohar. Hope you enjoyed that one. I learned just a, a ton about all kinds of stuff. You know, princess work. Again, we're going to talk more about that in in detail in a future episode with a, a few other party princesses. Uh, but I ta- learned a lot about the entertainment industry. I've I've interviewed quite a few people in that world, and uh, you know her her insight and um, just kind of how she's uh, how she's gained her her footing is it was really cool to to talk to her about that. Definitely interesting to hear about what it was like being a backup singer for such an established, you know, Las Vegas entertainer. Obviously being a backup singer has a lot of a lot of difficulties, but then to do it for somebody who's, you know, kind of that well-oiled machine and you're just kind of a a cog in the uh in the machine. Um hopefully that's a, a good thing being a cog. I, I think that's uh I don't think that's a bad thing. Maybe a, a, a link in the machine, a, a piece of the machine, just to keep it uh, keep it working well. Oh, I know you know what I mean. But <laughs> I uh, I really enjoyed speaking with her. I, I really uh, I learned a lot. I hope you learned a lot too. Go check her out. Go check out uh, Stephanie Wohar at all of the different social media areas. She's doing a lot of really cool things, and I, I look forward to seeing what she does in the future. Of course, as always, go check us out. Not Enough Podcast on Instagram, jacksnuff.com. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. That uh, is always appreciated if you go and uh, follow. Definitely appreciate, too, if you go on Apple Podcast and uh, leave us a five-star rating and then leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, give us those five stars. Always, always, always appreciate that. And uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, Stephanie, for being here. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.